You're listening to Liturgies of Life, the fifth season of Enacting the Kingdom. Here you'll be joining me and Father Jeffrey as we consider the wider implications of our everyday rituals. From shopping to social media to sports and to the so-called work-life balance, let's explore how the mundane aspects of our daily existence truly become liturgies of life. When you walk into an Orthodox church, you usually enter into a vestibule or narthex. This is that liminal space. You know, you walk in the front door, but you're not quite into the church proper just yet. You know, this is perhaps where you're greeted. Maybe somebody hands you a little bulletin for the day. Maybe there's nobody there. Maybe there's candles. You buy and put some candles in. It's a place of preparation. And then you actually walk into the church proper and you take in this beautifully ornate building that is specifically designed to draw your eyes up forward. And you can tell in almost every Orthodox church where you're supposed to be orienting yourself, right? Often in North America, we'll even have pews, right? So if you sit, it'll orient you forwards. There's the icon wall, the iconostas, you have the altar in there. And even, you know, the, the presbyter or the deacon, when he senses, you know, even the action of sensing points at something that you're supposed to orient yourself to. So what's it like when you walk into your home, right? You walk into your home, you have a place to take off your coat, your shoes. And then where, what is your home oriented at? And Father Jeffrey, for a long time, my home was oriented at entertainment. I think it's still oriented at entertainment. And I had this idea of doing an episode with you called you know, something like Netflix as the altar of entertainment. And I think in our homes, we set up our homes to center around entertainment. And I'm not sure what to make of this. I'm not sure if this is a bad thing or a good thing. And I'm hoping that together in this episode, Father Jeffrey, we can work through the geography or the architecture or the design of our homes and in relation to entertainment and, and how that affects kind of our, our everyday life and beca- can become a liturgy of life, having you know, our TV as an altar. I even think from an interior design point of view for, for most homes, you, know, you think about the effort that people put into um, you know, all of their decoration, their, the, the, the wall color, the, you know, the, the soft furnishings, the furniture, and they kind of really, I mean, people put in a lot of effort to, to make things look just so. And then right in the middle of that central room of their home is some sort of great massive, and they're getting bigger and bigger, right? I mean, it's taking over more and more space of, you know, the television that, uh, that is ultimately the focal point. You look where all the, the, the chairs and, and sofas and everything are, are focused. It's, it's in that direction. And I, you know, what does that suggest? If you, that analogy that you give of, of the church and that kind of focal point, everything in the, the church that's heading towards, you know, the kingdom of God as it's represented symbolically, you know, you know, towards the, the Holy of Holies and, and, and the, the altar where God meets us, heaven and earth come together and everything will live analogously in our homes. Where is that altar? It's, it's clearly that massive 
rectangle that is the our window on the world, you know, through the television set, uh, which today is more than just, you know, television broadcasting. It's often a kind of multimedia, you know, phenomenon connected to the internet, connected to gaming, connected to all kinds of, uh, of different things. And uh, it's disappointing just from an interior design point of view, how that destroys the, the, the ambiance of, of everything. And um, I think I, I kind of long ago decided that, certainly in that part of the home it's not we don't have a television obviously but you know we would never put you know that as the kind of central you know feature and and everything so you know if people are fortunate to have something like a den or a family room or something that's different from that central you know lounge or living space of 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 the home where you do your entertaining where the family gathers and everything it's so much the better that television gets relegated you know there that it doesn't become this altar as you say and uh yeah, but it's become, you know, such a fixed part of our culture that people don't even notice that. I say people will invest tens of thousands of dollars in interior design and then spoil it all, you know, with this box, you know, which um, I think the best thing I've seen recently, it was just a bit off topic, I suppose, but, uh, you know, one of the television manufacturers has come out with one that at least looks like art when it's not a television, it's not like a this black hole that's asking you to be sucked into it but it will represent whatever art or f- photograph that, that you might like so it's sort of framed in a nice way and, and everything so maybe that's a slight concession to to what i'm complaining about here but um but in any case it has really has become what you say which is just the kind of the main point of focus of, of everything that we do in the family hearth and home I mentioned it a couple of episodes ago, how I had, when we talked about food in the home, that I had this, I, I developed this ritual of eating lunch on the couch while watching whatever it might be, the office or parks and recreation. And I noticed actually, uh, I'm not sure if it happened during COVID, but um, the when an episode ends on Netflix, Father Jeffrey, there's this little cue thing that says, you know, we're going to go to the next episode now. But it, it would take a, a while and you could, it gave you some time to decide whether or not you wanted to start the next episode but then they like tripled the speed of it so it's like we're going to start the next episode now and then it would start so you had actually the the amount of time that you had to catch yourself and to kind of not get sucked in was taken away so it was a lot easier to instead of spending 20 to 40 minutes watching tv it was a lot easier to spend 40 to 60 minutes watching TV mm-hmm. and you know that getting getting sucked in and when it's in our living area and the living area just becomes this place of like watching TV and really not living really watching other people live yeah and I think alongside that I mean they they do this thing where they skip over the previously you know shown or previously this is what happened previously in the episodes um, to the, to this point and all the opening credits so you're just right into the action right and there's typically been some kind of cliffhanger at the end of a, an episode which that and then you're kind of thinking okay well i i'm self-aware enough to know that i really shouldn't be going on you know but let me just watch a few minutes to find out how this plays out right and uh all of this is working you know at a, a lot of different levels in us yes we're aware you know and we can even pay attention to some of those phenomena and Oh my goodness! It's it's starting sooner than I remember it used to, and I'm skipping over these different things. We can we can suddenly be aware of those things at the same time as deep within us, there's these kind of neurochemical reactions happening where, uh, you know, we're being just drawn in, you know, to this. Uh, 
whole phenomenon of the the kind of binge watching, right? The the kind of the next hit of, you know, both the serotonin, which gives us this sense of satisfaction, the dopamine that gives us a sense of pleasure. It's a lot like we were talking about with, you know, different forms of of new technology and and smartphones and, and so forth. They're they're designed to make us want more, to seek more, to kind of get the next hit. Right. And uh, you know, even if you think about the fact that we're being manipulated, it still draws us in. It still pulls us forward and it still can become, yeah. you know, such a, a powerful source of, of, of taking up our time really. Now, on the one hand, I want to emphasize something and that is that we do live, Father Yuri, in a kind of golden age of, of entertainment, of, of television and so forth. I mean, mm-hmm. it probably the golden age up until this point, right? I mean, you might think of, of other kind of eras of Hollywood film and so forth as being, being that or of different types of, of, of art and, and culture and literature and so forth. But I mean, the access that we have, I mean, one of the things that really has, uh, that I enjoy, if we're going to confess anything here, uh, is the, the kind of access to world entertainment you know that we have right I'm, I'm a big fan of of mysteries and i've really been drawn in the last few years into the kind of scandi noir stuff to the point where i would wake up in the middle of the night knowing that i was just just dreaming and you know norwegian or danish or something because you wow, know i yeah, watched so yeah. many of these you know things like you know the bridge the killing and and so forth i got to the point where i could distinguish between danish and norwegian and, and swedish and everything or or finnish and estonian on, on the other hand and I mean, it's really fascinating to and particularly in a time when the last couple of years we haven't been able to travel so much i mean i love world culture and, and so forth so to be able to spend time in madrid because of money heist or you know uh, i think the most extreme example was probably there's a netflix show um uh, again a police procedural um called capitani you know which is in luxembourg you know, of all places. And I've always been fascinated by those little countries, you know, and everything. And I was fascinated to learn that Luxembourgish is a language in its own right, um, mostly Germanic. But when it comes to police language and administrative language, they borrow an awful lot from from French. So yeah, all kinds mm. of wonderful things are to be had in this, you know, in this world of, of entertainment and everything. And I think there's a lot of good in that, to be perfectly honest. I think world culture draws us together as human beings uh, the more we can appreciate you know other languages and peoples and in uh, cultures and so forth the more we can become kind of more developed and mature human beings that hopefully we'll be less likely and not more likely to to do things like going to war and to you know having harboring prejudices and, and and so forth so i mean all that is good and i think we are in a kind of golden age and i can you know rather than just being limited by what the two or three channels on my local you know tv broadcaster you know might be providing me with and that very localized content um you know, we have access to to this world of 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 really really high you know production you know value stuff. But let's not be naive about the fact that you know from the point of view of Netflix itself or some of these other kind of larger entertainment conglomerates, they want our eyes, they want our hearts. Ultimately, they want to suck us into to their you know you know their way of doing things and all the things we've spoken about before in terms of you know, social media as well, you know, come to play here that it, you know, once you've enjoyed a certain kind of thing, you're just going to be fed, you know, more 
of that, right? And so uh, you're not being shown the full catalog at any time. You're being shown what has been curated, you know, for you. So if you happen to watch, for example, a documentary on some sort of weird conspiracy theory on Netflix, you will quickly be shown more of the, the same sort of thing. And there's very little oversight, you know, on the kind of, you know, I've spoken, you know, quite positively about access to all kinds of different things through this. But it could be that you're being drawn into something more and more specific or niche because of your, you know, previous clicking, you know, uh, habits and, and so mm -hmm. forth. So there's, there's that too. And with very little kind of critical ethical, you know, oversight of, over what's happening, you know, there, but ultimately it's about, you know, just wanting you to kind of go on and on and on. And how often have we sort of gone through these episodes, you know, one after another, and then realized that, hang on, there is something else I'm meant to be doing in this world. I've got a family to, to right, attend right. to. Uh, there's an essay I should be writing. There's a house that I need to clean. There's a job I need to, to go out and do. And, 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 you know, when, when you can't even physically make those moves during a time of pandemic and everything where we've been in lockdown or, you know, asked to work from home and so forth, all the more, you know, addictive, uh, you know, can these things, you know, become. So there's a lot of good there, but that, that good does not excuse bad habits and bad, you know, behaviors and, and so forth. And so I know for myself, I've had to, you know, be very, you know, careful. I, I do weird things for the year, like stopping in the middle of episodes. Cause I know if I wait to the end of the episode, <laughs> there'll be some sort of weird cliffhanger or question. The next one. <laughs> exactly. So I, I, I kind of program myself against that. And I say, you know, I'll wait till a lull and there's inevitably some kind of lull in the action or, or whatever the progress of the story. And I'll, I'll stop there, you know, and I'm sure they, <laughs> they think I'm really weird. Yeah, it's always stopping yeah. the middle of the episode, but I do that deliberately because I know I, you know, it's, I'm going to be tempted. I mean, you know, I think I've got some degree of willpower, but I mean, I, I'm curious like anybody else. And the whole point of watching a lot of these mysteries and so forth is because there's, you know, a, a really interesting puzzles to work out and so forth. So they're, they're good for the brain, but not necessarily good for the brain at 11 o'clock at night when I'm supposed to be, you know, settling down, you know, for the night. And you, you sort of think not only is that cliffhanger going to attract me into watching more, it's going to disrupt my sleep actually, because it's precisely programmed to waken you up at that moment. Right. And to, and to get you thinking, well, that's the, the opposite. I want to, what I want to do late in the evening. So mm -hmm. stop in the middle of the episode. Right. And then, you know, this won't necessarily happen. So I, I guess what I would say is enjoy the golden age that this is, you know, there are the, the very best television dramas that are that have ever been produced are being made, right? And there are some really, really good examples out there, no matter what your your interests are. But take control, I would say, to our listeners and and do the kinds of things that enable you to 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 to, to make this uh, yeah fun and exciting and thought provoking, uh, you know, culture, you know, development and learning part of your life, but. But nevertheless, don't allow it to kind of take control, right? That mm -hmm, you don't mm -hmm. be drawn into it as a as a liturgy that you're not aware of its you know it, of its end. That it, it's you know it's pulling you towards you know something other than what you intend for your life. If you're not a patron of Enacting the Kingdom, you're only getting half a podcast. This show only exists because of an active community of people just like you over on Patreon. When you become a patron, you'll get additional episodes, live streams, and our ever-growing backlog of episodes, 66 at the time of this recording. 
And as we're social media free, Patreon is the only place to engage with us and others about these episodes. Go to patreon.com slash enacting the kingdom to join the growing community. And stories are what we talk about in the series, Father Jeffrey, liturgies of life, right? And that, you know, the idea is that in within the church, we find that ultimate story. But TV shows, whether we watch them on Netflix or whatever we watch them on, are stories, often episodic, but they're, they're stories. And there's something really attractive about stories. And it seems to me that that's good, right? Like to, to be exploring stories, it helps us learn about other people and gain empathy and, and things like that. You know, that's the good side of it. The bad side of it, though, being that impulsive um, participation, right? The, the non, uh, we're not looking at our hearts necessarily when Netflix just sort of continues on and on and on. It becomes mindless. And, and often we as humans, we want to do the least amount of work, right? Our bodies will settle into the least amount of work. And often in our home, the evening is just a time, well, what else are we going to do? What are we going to do? Sit around and talk with each other? <laughs> like, let's, let's just, you know, that, that's not productive, right? It's not productive to just be with each other. So we have to like at least gain this sense of progress through a mm. show, right? And I think that that's another thing that Netflix and these uh, serial shows um, provide is, a, is not only story, but a sense of movement and progress and growth as well. Oh, absolutely. They present themselves as a form of productivity. I mean, hence the list, <laughs> right? I mean, they, they invite you to create a to-do list and then to knock things off one by one by one. And, and in a bizarre way, if you start to think about this, it, it really is bizarre. They, they invite us to think of that as accomplishment, <laughs> you know, I've I've done that series, you know, mm -hmm, and and, mm -hmm. and we can we can sort of feel proud that that we've we've done something productive. Except and, and um, often you are actually <laughs> shamed for if you haven't done something that a lot of people have done, right? If you know. Well, if somebody well, yeah, says, and, and, and oh, these services themselves will tell you that. Have you not? You know, do, do you not want to finish this series? You know, you get these emails, right? The, yeah. the same way you get them from your boss saying, you know, are you not going to write that letter that I asked you to write? Uh, are you not going to finish watching this series? Um, here's the link. You know, make it make it easy. You know, for you. So mm -hmm. it, it isn't productivity. I mean, it, I, I again, I want to say everything positive that I can about access to this marvelous you know, world of narrative and, 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 and access to culture the, the, right around the, the globe and so forth. There's, there's a lot of good in that, but I think we need to look at it for, for what it genuinely is and take that as a, a part of our overall story, right? Let's not be sucked into that story of, you know, your life is about consuming entertainment, right? That the purpose of being alive is to watch, you know, these shows. And what does that mean? I'm going to keep myself alive long enough to, you know, consume X number of shows or, or to see the end of a particular art, you know, narrative arc of, of, of one of these shows and things like that. I mean, that's not what life is about. We need, but, but everything that these are can fit within, uh, you know, the, the, the overall Christian narrative. I have been known to tell, including my children, uh, you know, that, the stories that are represented in, in some of these really, really good dramatic productions and everything, this is a kind of uh, almost a, you know, 
a necessary, you know, part of, of one's life. I think too often in a highly technological world that we live in, um, everything is reduced to, you know, what you may call STEM, right? The, the science and technology and engineering, um, you know, part of, of our world. Everything has to be pr- productive, right? You know, the humanities are downplayed. Science and technology are, 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 are played up. And it's all about what you can do in your career and the skills you acquire for that. No, I think there's a fundamental storied dimension to humanity that needs to be, you know, recovered here. And this can be a really vital part of that. And I, I don't put you know, the high quality television productions or stories on a lower level than I would great novels or, you know, great pieces of music or epic poetry uh, and so forth. I think they can play that role in, in, in human life for sure. And I've, as I say, I've, I've been known to tell people to go and find stories to be able to, you know, become better human beings or develop, right? Um, you know, this is part of, of, of human, you know, culture and, 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 and life that it, it needs to be there. And I think that all does ultimately serve our larger purpose of the, the mission of God in the world of drawing people into that overall story, you know, of God, not in a one-to-one relationship, you know, watch this mystery drama and, and you will, you know, learn more about Jesus Christ. That's not the point, but the point is to understand the totality of life, right? The totality of human experience and life. And that the, the church is this kind of intersection between, uh, the, you know, the word of God, the gospel and wider culture understood anthropologically as everything that human beings do. That's not the natural world, right? So it's everything that is our, our, our civilization, our language, our, our arts, our science and so forth. And the church really is that intersection between gospel, you know, and culture. And in that regard, these things can play a really vital role in encompassing what human life is all about, right? And, and, and a narrative, a story is something that organizes that, um, that life into a kind of arc, a directionality and, and so forth. And so, you know, what the sciences and technologies and engineering things in our world do is divide things into data, discrete, you know, packets of, of information, almost the way the internet, when it sends an email or sends you a website, it's, it div- takes all that information, just puts it into little packets and sends it, you know, across the world. And, and the world organized that way just is not a coherent human culture. What we need is story. We need drama. We need, you know, you know, things that, that introduce us to, to scenes and characters and, and plot lines and things that develop and have crises and, and obstacles and that are overcome and then have a denouement. I mean, all of this is really vital, I think, to, to us as human beings. And, and so to that extent, you know, I, I would give you know, television drama, a, a kind of vital role within, within our culture. But we need to see that within this larger thing rather than it becoming the thing that controls us, that the goal of life is to just consume or knock things off a list and consider it a productive life that, you know, we're going to put on our tombstones or our epitaphs or, or obituaries consumed the, the 40 greatest, you know, television serials in, in human history as though that were a life well lived. I don't think so, you know, but that can mm-hmm. be part of developing a life well lived. And I think that's the, the balance that we could strike here somehow. 
If you are getting value from this podcast, please consider writing a short, positive five-star review on your podcast app. And even though we are social media free, there is still a place you can keep up to date with Enacting the Kingdom. You can join the email list by going to enactingthekingdom.com. I'm going to make an interesting claim here, and I want to get your take on it, Father Jeffrey. So we started this episode by talking about, you know, the Netflix or the TV, Netflix being this synecdoche, this this metaphor for all of entertainment, basically. So we'll just keep using the word Netflix. But, you know, that Netflix is the altar of our homes sometimes, right? That Netflix and entertainment become the altar of our homes. That's the place where the main sacramental act of our home life takes place. That's the point of our home is to be able to watch and be entertained. But, you know, an altar in the church context, the central act that happens on the altar is communion, right? The body and blood of Christ, the reception of communion, uh, uh, and the whole community joining together in this act. And I think that in a small shadowy way, I personally find it very meaningful to watch these stories with somebody, Right to share these stories with somebody. If both me and my wife, or me and a friend, are watching a movie or watching a TV show, there there is a sense of communion there. Right, there's a sense of community that that is developed in that in that act. And I think that in the dawn of many people just having smartphones in their pockets or their iPad or their laptop, a lot of people are watching their own things on their own pace in their own rooms in their own spaces now even within one household. And I feel I feel like having one TV where that's the TV that is turned on if you want to watch something actually is a movement closer to communion than the habit of everybody watching their own thing on their own screens. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I mean, this is a small step back towards something that I really um, appreciated, you know, earlier in my life, and this is going to date me, I suppose. But uh, I remember when there was a thing called, you know, cultural uh, television, right? Kind of culture-wide television when, you know, from time to time anyway, you know, everybody in the world, in our little world that we, you know, live in and interoperate with, with real people uh, was watching the same thing. You know, so you'd go to school the next day or you at work the next day around the water cooler. And the conversation was the episode of whatever I played that night because there were so few channels on the television or because it was such an important, you know, kind of cultural thing. You know, the, the last episode of, of Seinfeld or MASH or, or something like that, that, you know, X number of million people watch. That never happens really anymore. I mean, to, to some extent it does when something really becomes a, like a big phenomenon and, you know, uh, you know, whether it's the last series of, of Breaking Bad, but all the episodes come out at once, you know, or Money Heist or something like that. And, and so you're, you're more careful about the spoiler thing, right? About uh, I've, I've watched more episodes than you have. And, you know, I happened to give my whole weekend away to this. So, you know, uh, it was possible for me to do that. So that idea, though, that is a kind of shared moment here and a, a moment of communion, as you rightly say, you know, where the, 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 
the narrative itself, you know, is one thing, but then surrounding that, there's this kind of meta narrative of our own intersection with that, where we can spend time, you know, anticipating together, watching together, discussing together, you know, digesting that and and, and applying that somehow, uh, and, and taking that forward. And and these moments really that you know used to maybe exist kind of on a society wide thing or country wide thing because television often has been regulated on on that basis but but can we at least as you say kind of mimic or 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 provide a microcosm of that within our own families you know so that we're anticipating together you know and it's hard because all the episodes drop at once typically on these streaming services and it means that not everybody is going to have you know access to the the same thing at the same time or have the time to be able to to do that but we, we do try to do that a little bit in in our family you know and it's, it's hard to get you know all five of us to do that but at least we try to gather as many people as possible um you know we still even enjoy going to the cinema together right so where there's you know we can be all watching this the same screen at you know at once but you know things are coming out over one of these streaming services we'll have a discussion who's interested in in what so that we can work out that we can all together sit down and watch you know the latest thing i think the one that we did most recently was that encanto from from disney um you know which has become a bit of a cultural phenomenon with its music and and so forth but we got most of the family you know around watching that and and there was a really good discussion you know before during and after about all the kinds of issues, you know, that it raised. So I, I agree. I think this, that's part of what I'm saying about saying that, you know, let's not let us be just sucked into this thing that is the entertainment world, but let us carefully curate that and bring it into our world and, and then therefore make it a kind of Thing that we do together as a shared moment in our families, in our in our friendship groups, uh, you know, within our churches. Even I, I can see a role, you know, in, in kind of shared watching uh, of things that way too. But uh, but you know, I think we've we've lost something in in just the way that things have become so all pervasive and so available at all times that everyone's just doing this on their own terms. Right. And I think that's one of the dangers here is that we just get sucked into, you know, the same way we, we kind of talk, um, you know, in fasting and asceticism terms about the, the sin of private eating, right. You know, so I think what's wrong with eating by yourself <laughs> and as an introvert, I kind of like doing things on my own uh, a lot of the time. But the idea of that is the, you know, that this becomes just instrumental and just about me and, and not about relationship, right? And so there's almost a, there's the sin of private entertainment, I would say, um, which is about kind of us being co-opted to that or us trying to manipulate that for, for our own kind of private ends rather than as a moment of, of discovery, of learning, of sharing, of communion, of, of relationship, and and so forth. Not so much that I would want to reintroduce the television in the hearth of the home, as it were, but but as you say, that we can kind of create opportunities for 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 that. And and I mean, what I really enjoy doing with my my kids is is watching things that do provoke thoughts, and then having great discussions, you know, afterwards, you know, there's, there are, I mean, the, the, the vehicle of entertainment of, of narrative of, of whether it's a film or television or good television production, you know, can, can provoke conversation and thoughts and, and transformation in our lives in, in ways that few other, you know, things can. And, uh, I think, you know, let's recognize that and, and take, 
good advantage of that to be able to kind of push, you know, some of, uh, of what we ultimately want to be doing in our lives forward. Thanks for listening. I'm Father Yuri Gladio, an Orthodox Christian priest with a lifelong desire to keep learning, and I'm joined on this show by my teacher and friend, Father Jeffrey Reddy. Father Jeffrey is the director of the Orthodox School of Theology at the University of Toronto and holds a doctorate in liturgical theology. Come connect with us on Patreon with any thoughts and follow-ups about this episode. We look forward to seeing you next time.